Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM. Good evening, folks. You're very welcome along to the Big Red Bench on what is a miserable Sunday evening here on Lee Side. We're here with you until 7 o'clock. Thank you for joining us on the Big Red Bench. Conditions certainly miserable down in Porky Cueve. Cork leaving it late to beat Wexford today. 2.14 to 18 points. Get reaction from that in just a little bit. Cork into the semi-finals with a game in hand. Dramatic stuff in Edinburgh today. Uh, yeah, Ireland beating Scotland 22-7 uh, to keep alive their Grand Slam hopes heading into the clash with England next week get reaction from Andy Farrell in just a little bit also in the show going to hear from Republic of Ireland under 21 boss Jim Crawford as they prepare for their first game in Turner's Cross in 14 years and we'll talk to the young Corkman fighting in the famous Lumpini Stadium in Bangkok Cork's Ryan Sheehan it's all to come between now and 7 on the bench Yeah, delighted you could join us here. 087, oh, I'm about to give up my own phone, phone number, 0868104106, if you want to get in touch with us today uh, on the show. Um, if you'd like to talk to us about Cork's performance today or Ireland's performance and how we think they're going to do against England next week, let us know, 0868104106, just straight through to the studio. Let's start, though, our roundup of today's sporting action with that win over Scotland today in Murrayfield. Ashton O'Reilly. Yes, Nathan, it's full time here at Murrayfield. It's Ireland 22, Scotland 7. There was just a single point in it at half time with first half tries from Hugh Jones for Scotland and Mac Hansen for Ireland. The Irish started the second half with a lot of possession, dominating the play. James Lowe gave them some breathing room, getting over in the corner to the delight of the Irish fans here. Moments later, it was Jack Conan who powered over to really secure the Irish win, with Sexton kicking the conversion once again. Johnny made way for Ross Byrne on the 71st minute to a standing ovation by some here at Murrayfield. Sexton, seven points today, sees him draw level with Ronan O'Gara on 557 points in the all-time top scorer in the Six Nations. Scotland clearly showing their development as a team today, causing immense pressure. And it was very difficult to watch the scenes of Gary Ringrose being brought off on a stretcher late in the second half. And that is the negative from today. The number of injuries for Ireland with such a short turnaround to England next weekend. As Ireland do go in search of a grand slam. Mack Hansen picked up the man of the match and it's job done here at Murrayfield. Ireland 22, Scotland 7. Yeah, plenty of injuries for Ireland to worry about heading into that game against England next week. Dan Sheehan, Ian Henderson, Caelan Doris, Ronald Kelleher. Gary Ringrose, Gary Ringrose, um, at least he had, he went off um, with his neck um, supported, but he gave a thumbs up while he was in the stretch on the way off, so that's a very, very good sign. Um, it was an horrific collision. Um, but uh, look, fingers crossed he'll be okay. It looked absolutely horrible, it has to be said. But look, he gave the thumbs up on the stretcher as he was going off, which is a good sign. But a lot of injuries for Ireland uh, to contend with heading into that game against England next Saturday evening, which is going to be an absolute cracker. England looking to bounce back from that hammering at the hands of France yesterday. And Ireland looking to clinch the Grand Slam. So it's uh, going to be a fairly epic encounter. Next week, we'll get reaction from Andy Farrell in just a little bit. Uh, Cork's hurlers were back in action today. They left it late against Wexford. They won two fourteen to 18 points in the end. They had to fight back from eight points down, um, or a couple of points down, or a good few points down, um, 
today and they did do that they scored a goal come up Bazang um, with the second goal for, for Cork today that helped them uh, secure that victory just 2.14 to 18 points was how it finished we'll hear from Cork boss Pat Ryan in a bit but um yeah, another win for Cork. That's four wins out of four. They're into the semi-finals of the game to spare, and you've got to be happy with that. Um, so we'll hear from Pat Ryan later on as soon as we uh, he finishes his uh, post-match press conference. But a good win today for Cork, indeed. Elsewhere, the All Ireland champions Limerick beat Westmeath one twenty-seven to one fifteen, and Galway have beaten Clare one twenty-four to twenty-two points. Uh, Leash uh, beaten by Antrim today. Antrim winning three eighteen to one eighteen, and Kilkenny beating Dublin today two twenty-five to one. 17. Before that senior game in Parky Cueve, the curtain raiser today was um, the Cork and Tony facing the Wexford uh, counterparts in a challenge game. 19 points to 16 was how that finished. In Camogie Cork have beaten Dublin in the opening game of their defence, the Electric Ireland Minor A Championship. 321 to 8 points is how that finished. Congratulations indeed uh, to the Rebels. Uh, Wolves have just equalised against Newcastle. It's uh, one apiece there, 76 minutes on the clock. Arsenal, meanwhile, have gone five points clear again at the top of the table after uh, winning today against Fulham. Nigel Bidmead. Fulham nil, Arsenal three. This was a clinical performance that restored Arsenal's five-point advantage at the top of the table. All the damage was done in the first half. On 21, centre-half Gabriel headed in the first from the corner, and then Gabriel Martinelli nodded in Leandro Trossard's cross from the left. Just before half-time, Trossard found Martin Odegaard, and the Arsenal captain had time and space inside the area to pick his spot. In the second half, Fulham gave it a go with Alexander Mitrovic hitting the bar with a header, and the Gunners keeper Aaron Ramsdale was forced to make a couple of smart saves. And there was a bonus for Arsenal. Their first-choice centre-forward, Gabriel Jesus, had 15 minutes or so following a long-term injury. Fulham nil, Arsenal 3. The Manchester United held to a scoreless draw at Southampton today. Bottom of the table, Southampton at that. But Casemiro sending off a big part in that. Peter Smith. United nil, Southampton nil. And Casemiro's first-half dismissal for a foul on Alcaraz changed the dynamic of the game. With Southampton controlling much of the second half without them finding a breakthrough. They twice struck the frame work of the goal through a wall prowse free kick and a Walker Peters driven shot and the hair so brilliantly from Walcott United did create openings there with Bazuno making a top quality save by turning Fernandez bending effort onto the post it ended United nil Southampton nil Elsewhere, West Ham and Aston Villa finished a goal apiece, Guy Swindles. West Ham won, Aston Villa won. A result that Aston Villa will be pretty pleased with. West Ham, however, will feel that this is an opportunity wasted. It was Villa who took the lead. Ollie Watkins in their first attack in the 17th minute, heading home. West Ham will level within 10 minutes. Ben Rama's penalty after Pakatar was fouled by Bailey in the penalty area. After that, there were chances at both ends, particularly for Ben Rama for West Ham but they couldn't beat Martinez and in the end it was honours even and it finishes West Ham 1, Aston Villa 1. And as I mentioned, one apiece to Newcastle and Wolves. Keep you up to date on that one. Elsewhere today, Rangers through to the semi-finals of the Scottish Cup. They did a 3-0 win at home to Wraith Rovers. Chelsea have gone to once, cleared the top of the win. Super League, they did a 1-0 win over Manchester United today. Sam Kerr with the only goal of the game at Kings Meadow. And in golf, Shane Lowry's... Uh, uh, carried a final on the 70 he's finished up in four in the par the Players Championship in Florida the world number two Scotty Scheffler leads by two on 14 on the par let's go to St James's Park where Stephen Goldsmith can get us up to date 
Newcastle 1, Wolves 1 and you have to say on the balance of play it's a deserved equaliser for the away team uh, Kieran Trippier and Newcastle got themselves in all sorts of trouble at the back substitute Huang Hee Chan it was who's only been on um, the pitch as a substitute a few minutes um, burst into the box played a little 1-2 and then Trippier failed to clear the ball slipped over and it just presented the substitute with an open goal just to roll in and level things for the away side Newcastle 1 Wolves 1 I will bring a reaction uh, from Murrayfield and from Parky Cueve as soon as we get it but the Republic of Ireland under 21s playing their first game in Turners Cross in 14 years in a fortnight's time Jim Crawford's side facing Iceland in a friendly on March 26 as part of their preparations for the upcoming uh, 2025 European Championship qualifying campaign which begins in September ahead of the game Jim called into me in studio here at Corks.fm to look ahead to it Alright, delighted to be joined here in studio by Republic of Ireland under-21 boss Jim Crawford. Jim, thanks very much for joining us here today. Oh, thanks a million for having me. It's exciting um, having the under-21s back in Turner's Cross because it's been a while. Yeah, I think it's been 14 years, you know, so... Um, and it's been always on our radar as a staff to say that certainly we'll go down to Turner's Cross because I think... My experience is there as a, as a player, and I, I played in the league for a few years. And it, you know, the fans, you know, excuse that that old saying of being the twelfth man, mm. and and that's what they are because they, you know, they're vocal. They get right behind their team, and and it's just something that we spoke about a long time. That you know, let's get a game down in in Turner's Cross, and and you know, uh, get the people of Cork, Waterford. Um, Limerick etc um, you know on our journey mm. you know and, and I think that's very important because I think we have a really good group of players and I think you know to provide that type of platform for, for fans to come and see them you know um, I think it's important for football yeah, and as you say, like it creates that bond between supporters, um, particularly in the southern region, because if the 21s are playing in Tal all the time, people might not get a chance to see them. Yeah, and, and you know, I think it's yeah. it's it's important to spread it around. You know, I, I know that the the 19s are playing in Wexford now in a couple of weeks too in their their elite campaign. Um, you know, and and I just think it's it's very important for us to to go down to Cork, and what it really is, it's it's nearly like a Know it's a dry run or a dress rehearsal. That if all things go well with regards preparation, um, you know, we get a really, um, you know, big turnout. That it's something that we've got to sit down at the end of the March window and just say, okay, are we going to take our campaign um, in Turner's Cross for all our home games? And there's a, a lot of really exciting home games to, to look forward mm. to, where you've got Turkey. Um, you know, Italy, Norway, like huge games. A packed Turner's Cross with a, a, a loud crowd is a massive advantage for teams, and it, it would be that for your team if the, you were to play your qualifier here. You're right; they're right on top of the yeah, right on top of the players. Yeah, it, it's as I said already. I, I played there, and and I just enjoyed it. And I always knew coming down to Turner's Cross that you were up against a partisan crowd that <laughs> were, would make a hell of a lot of noise, and, yeah. and I loved it. I loved it, and and I think for our players to to experience the the you know the the noise from the from the fans would mm-hmm. be um, would be important for them, you know, and and I just think that you know the the, the quality of players that 
you know we, we could have on show would would, would excite the crowd and, mm-hmm. and get people off their seats you know what I mean because um, we've we some really talented players so basically the message is get out to this game at Iceland because if it's a full house it could go a long way to getting the Euros qualifiers here yeah without a doubt look what we you know during the last campaign you know our attendances they, they got bigger and bigger as it went on and I think we had about I can't remember about 6,000 uh, for the playoff game mm-hmm. and, and really what we want to do here is is you know beat that you know I think it's important I think if you go back to even rugby and I said it to before at, at, at a presentation where you know the Cork people they turned up for a rugby game I think there was 5,000 against um, uh, England in an mm. under 20s yeah. rugby game and, and that for me just shows that sport is in the veins of, of the people of Cork and I've no doubt that um, the closer it comes to um, uh, to the 26th for our game against us and we get more and more people um, interested in, in, in uh, turning up to the game. As you mentioned, you've got a, a young, exciting squad, but it's been, a, I suppose, a bit of a rebuilding job for you this year, is it? Yeah. We, I suppose that's the nature of being the under-21s. 20, that's it, that's it. You know, uh, you know. look, it was it was disappointing, you know, to lose on penalties in the playoff. It was a real um, punch in the stomach for everybody. Mm. And probably what, what stood out most for me was that there were certain players there that that's it they're done with the 21s after an amazing journey that we had in the last campaign and, and they knew it themselves that it possibly could possibly be the last time that they, they represent Ireland and, mm. and it was you know there was a lot of tears and a lot of emotion in the dressing room after the game but you know it, it, the very next day you're thinking ahead going okay you know what have we got coming through now because yeah. we've got to um um, you know, build our, our squad for the next campaign, and so there is a real massive turnover. But what we did do strategically in the last campaign was that we've always introduced young players who are going to be involved this year into each of the windows, just to let them know what's ex- it's expected mm-hmm. of them, um, the level that they're at, at Irish under twenty ones, and the teams you play against, which it's a really high level. So um, I think we've done that. Um, very well now most of the group they'll be coming in for this next window we've had most of them before yeah. in the window so um, we're looking forward to it and I suppose for you Jim as well getting out and scouting the players seeing them in the flesh is important not just for you I suppose for the players to know that the manager is watching them yeah look I, I get out to as many games as I can I watch every minute of all the players that are they're playing with um, the scouting platforms that we have available mm-hmm. to us so you know, and what you need to have, you you need to have sort of conversations with the players. You know what they're doing well, and and you know what the club are asking them to do. And is there any way that we can help as a as an international staff? Because I don't really want to be a passive partner with the player anymore. I want us to have sort of input in that player reaching a ceiling, whatever that takes, mm-hmm. and whether that's to the senior international team or or you know when. Uh, to a high level at, at club football, you know, you know, we we want to play our part, so I think that's important. You mentioned Israel there a couple of minutes ago. Are you over it yet? I, I, I tell you what, the difficulty is with international football. I think it was five or six months ago, and you know, a lot of the players that I said that were yeah. um, 
emotionally drained straight after um, the, the defeat. Like they got on with their careers. They yeah. had a game that that weekend, and they've all had about fifteen, twenty games since then. They've had their preseason, so um, they've. I've no doubt they've parked that in the back of their minds. But for me, we haven't had a game since, you mm-hmm. know. So it's uh, it's. Um, I'm just looking forward to getting back, meeting the staff, meeting the players, and uh, um, uh, playing this game against a really good Iceland team. Yeah, what are their strengths? Their strengths is they're very athletic. They've a lot of good individual players. Um, they've a uh, quite a few of them in and around the senior team, so they'd be. Um, dropping down to play this game as well so it, it's going to be a huge challenge they beat Scotland in the last window mm-hmm. a really good Scotland team they beat them 2-1 so um, it, it's going to be a test and that's what you want you don't want to be playing no disrespect to the smaller countries but but you know um, teams like that you want to be pitching yourselves up against um, Europe's better teams you know just to give you a gauge to see where your group are at at this stage At the uh, the Cork City season launch you gave a fascinating talk on the tactical side of the game um, which was absolutely engrossing but I mean like is that something that's evolved and come along massively over the last number of years is the tactical and preparation side of the game for you? Yes look it's something that I've always believed in as a head coach and the, the staff that I have around, around me are you know are very much clued into what is required at international level. So we, we've we've done that every game, whether it's a friendly or a very important game. That's the way we prepare. But um, you know, it's it and, and there's a lot to it. Everybody plays a part. And I'm talking about bringing the fans on the journey. It's mm-hmm. it's you know it's up to me as the head coach to bring the staff on a journey as well and and to make everybody feel part of you know what hopefully will be a, a groundbreaking campaign and, and be the first team to qualify for the European finals at 21's level uh, Speaking of your staff uh, John O'Shea has progressed to the senior team which I suppose is a blow for you but it shows that there's a pathway f- of progression for coaches as well I guess Yeah John John be a huge loss he really will he's um, um, he's you know he's a fantastic coach he's a great um, sort of mind on the game he's got great ideas but I think probably one of his top strengths is how humble he is because of what he's done in the game, who he's played mm. for. He's been captain of Sunderland and and Redden Football Club. He's been captain of the Republic of Ireland senior team. He's a centurion. It's you know an outstanding playing career. But he came in and you know he was able to take that hat off and put on his coach's hat, and uh, so there was no real ego from him, but. You know the the information he gave the players um, was fantastic, and it'd be a huge loss because we 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 had a really you know fantastic technical staff within yeah. the, the, the the big staff, and he'd be a loss because you know he had that sort of dynamic about him that um, you want in every staff. So yeah, it'd be a, a miss, but at the same time, I'm only too delighted that he's gone with the senior yeah. team which as you just rightly said there that, that it shows that there's not only a pathway for players to the senior team there's a pathway for your coach and staff and I'm delighted I think it'd be a huge asset with the senior team and um, uh, I wish them all the best and you still have Alan Reynolds and your coaching staff man Cork City fans know very very well indeed great yeah. man to have around any squad yeah Alan Alan's played here at Cork you know he's he's, he's a Waterford man true and true like John but um Alan brings something different, you know. Uh, another fellow who sees the game, I think, um, 
um, in 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 a great way, mm-hmm. you know. And you know, he's got great ideas on the game. He's a, a fantastic personality who who everybody warms to, you know. And and he's important. So, um, where you know our, our our staff's in great shape at the minute, you know. So, um. Uh, we see what happens in the future. <laughs> What's the, um, I suppose, the contact like between yourself and Stephen Kenny? Is it a case of you're in constant contact? Or does he kind of just leave you off to your own devices and pitch in every so often? No, no. Um, Stephen's he's uh, he's in touch quite a bit. Um, you know, he's uh, you know a fantastic person to know. I, you know, I love his views on the game. You know, he's 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 excellent, and. Um, you know, so a lot of our conversations about he wants to know about the emerging talents that are coming through, the likes of Evan Ferguson. You know, at the start of the last campaign, we had Andrew Omabamadeli. You know, um, so he, he asked questions, and, and look, my job is to be honest with him, um, and certainly anybody that got promoted from the twenty ones to the senior team, it, it is proud. You know, and it's not only me that's proud; it's our entire staff. You know, to work with these players and, and see them involved in the senior team, it's uh, it, it, it's a very proud moment, and and I just love when the senior team and and the twenty ones when we're both training in in HQ and Abbottstown, and, mm-hmm. and you know we walk by each other and and you see the lads who are with with us before in previous camps, and and you know I get a great <laughs> kick out of seeing yeah. that, you know. So uh, where they were with us maybe two or three windows ago, now they're with the senior team. So um, it, it's great to have perhaps a, a small part <laughs> and to play in their um, in in their rise to the senior team. Yeah, and for example, like you just mentioned, Evan Ferguson there, he must be very proud of how he's doing in the Premier League. He's really pulling up trees. Yeah, look, look Evan came to us um, you know at the start of the campaign and we, we played him as a 16 year old and you know you're, you're sort of saying to yourself we're playing under 21's international football and you're, you're giving a debut to a young 16 year old but he never looked out of place and every window he came back to the under 21's he got better and better and you know physically he's um, he's, he's he's so mature I think he he understands the game well. He understands his role as a centre forward. He can drop short and and link it up well. He can run in behind, and as we've seen against Israel, he's, he can score goals yeah. too because it was a fantastic header he scored. But I think above all that, you know, the person he is, he's he's a he's a player that's desperate to learn. He loves football, and another really, he's a good guy. You know, he he's, he asks questions. He wants to get better, and it really hasn't surprised me with his rise with um, Brighton Football mm. Club. And um, you know, I, I think he's he's one certainly for the future. You have to imagine he's going to make that step up to senior international football quite easily. Yeah, yeah. Look, he's look, he's doing very well at Brighton. He had an uh, he had an outstanding game the weekend again. Uh, he scored against Stoke in the mm. FA Cup. You know, he's in a really good place at the minute. And, you know, I certainly, you know, I've had stories before about certain players that got a break in the first team, but they probably didn't have the attitude or character to to keep them there. And they, they probably dropped for a few months and, and, and maybe go out on loan with another club. But I think with Evan Ferguson, you know, he's... You know his real high potential and, and his character and his his love for the mm. game will, will will take him through. 
Uh, just getting back to, I suppose, your own squad, and I suppose you mentioned there's a, a lot of new players coming in. I mean, like, trying to get the formula right straight from the goal must be a lot of pressure, and I suppose something that you think about constantly, but which players are going to play where and that kind of thing. Yeah, look, it's it's the nature of the job, you know, and I link in with Tom Moan, who's, who would have worked with the players at under-19 level quite a bit, and then you're, you're, you're trying to recruit other players that maybe weren't on the radar. Can you get them through? So... There's a lot of work behind the scenes and I think you only have to look back when we played Wales at the very start of um, the last campaign. It was in the March window and, you know, there was only two players, Leo Connor and Brian Marr, who played in that game that played against Israel in the mm-hmm. playoffs. You know, and then we had Andy Lyons on the bench. Uh, Andrew Bamadeli played in that game. He's gone on to the senior team. So there was a real turnover of players. And it just, I think, shows that, you know, development, you know, it's not linear. You know, players have their their ups and downs through their career. And, you know, you've got to pick a squad based on who's playing well at that particular time. So... There's a lot of work to get sort of the bulk of the squad ready, and then after that, it's it's constantly reviewing them, seeing where they're at. And the qualifiers are coming up fast on the horizon. That's quite the draw you got with Turkey and San Marino, Latvia, and Norway, and Italy. What was your reaction when they all came out of that? Yeah, well, we went in for the first time ever as number two yeah. seeds. Um, we were in pot two, so you're 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 going to the draw thinking, you know, there's every opportunity of, of getting a. Uh, a good draw but unfortunately Norway are top of pot three so you're kind of going right we were bottom of pot two so that's that's a tough one and and Turkey are just an excellent team I don't know what they were doing in pot four (laughs) so we've got Italy again you know so look it's it's a huge challenge it's a difficult group there's no doubt about it I spoke to a few head coaches that were there in other groups at the draw and they were saying that, that that's probably the most difficult group there is in the in the up and coming campaign but look to me I see it as a challenge um, and I just love if if all things are equal everything goes well in this window that you know the, the, the people of Cork and, and the surrounding counties can can come and, and, and support the players because as I say there's a lot of good talent there um, we need their support that will, uh, will will certainly help us drive to to break the barrier and become the first team to qualify for the European finals Jimmy we wish you all the very very best luck and we hope all the Cork and surrounding area fans get out to turn us across on March 26th to see you guys play Iceland Jim thanks very much for joining us today thank you yeah really enjoyed talking to uh, Jim Crawford uh, the Republic of Ireland under 21 boss um, ahead of that game with Iceland in two weeks time at Turners Cross and as Jim said a big crowd a cello crowd will go a huge way in getting the European qualifiers here at Turners Cross uh, I believe uh, quite a lot of tickets have been sold for that already so I wouldn't be leaving too late if you want to get down and watch under 21s it's been 14 years since Ireland last played at uh, under 21 level at Turner's Cross so fingers crossed no pun intended uh, we get a huge crowd and the Euro qualifiers will be here 
on Lisa. Can you imagine a solo turn across four of those massive, massive games? It'd be absolutely incredible. Uh, Newcastle beating Wolves, Stephen Goldsmith. Newcastle 2, Wolves 1. Almiron off the bench to win it. A wonderful defence splitting ball made it by Willock to play him in. In the right-hand side of the penalty area, he finished emphatically with his left foot. Wolves will feel hard done by sub Huang Hee Chan had levelled Alexander Isak's headed opener with an easy open goal finish courtesy of a Trippier mistake. But the busiest keeper was Nick Pope, perhaps lucky to stay on the field after a first half error that appeared to take out Jimenez. He made two brilliant second half saves from Neto and Martino that aided to the scoreline of Newcastle 2, Wolves 1. Alright, when we come back we are going to hear from Pat Ryan after Cork's win today over Wexford. We're also going to hear from Andy Farrell and uh, Johnny Sexton after the win today over Scotland. Now we're going to talk to Cork's Ryan Sheen as he prepares to fight in Thailand. It's odds to come between now and seven on the bench. The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Right, it's to Parky Cueve. We go next and Cork's win over Wexford. Uh, Cork booking their place in the semi-final today with that win. 214 to 18 points. Cork certainly leaving it late, but into the semi-finals with a game to spare. Let's hear from the managers first. Cork's Pat Ryan. Uh, yeah, yeah. look, I suppose it was, yeah. Um, look, obviously didn't play well in the first half, um, especially, right, especially the first 20 minutes. Um, kind of struggled with what way that um, Wexford were playing the game and we just didn't use it. Had a couple of chances to take points and we went for goals and uh, just to get us on, build a score as such. Um, but look, delighted with the way our fellas battled it out and got a win again. You know, I think, look, in all our games so far, for some reason we've been going behind and um, but we've responded very well in all those games. With that scenario, look, it's kind of a recurring team now. We, we, we need to kind of figure out exactly why we're leaving teams get ahead of us, I suppose, is the, is the question, you know. Um, and I think the bottom line is that declare and that other results and this result means that you're guaranteed a semi-final with a game to spare like having an extra match to, to bridge the gap between league and championship is probably a welcome prospect yeah look it's excellent for us because we, we, are, we have a buy in the first round of the Munster Championship so uh, but look also look look it's well documented we have a couple of fellas that are injuries and coming back so look there was 12 of them trained this morning moving Parky Parky in full out so look we'll be hoping a lot of them will be available to maybe be on the the bench against Clare especially and then obviously um, would be in line to starting in the in in semi-final which just, they just need game time to get back so that game is vital for us a competitive game would be fantastic for them fellas that have missed a bit of game time in the league you know and the, the bench was in part again I suppose like Jack came on and got a, got a point and Carmel got the goal and Seamus Seamus came on and set up point for Shane Barrett like so having the options is uh, yeah look I, yeah I suppose look that's what you're trying to do in the league um, Dennis is, is kind of build a squad and look we've given a lot of game time to a lot of fellas I think we had 10 fellas playing today now that we're playing in the, the 20 All Irelands that we won there so look that's that's a lot of fellas that have have limited experience at this this level so look it's building a panel is what we're looking for because like obviously you've we four games in five in five weeks in the Munster Championship we need to be able to use plenty of players in that and, and look that's a very positive but uh, look as regards um, the win in the end look I think look, in fairness to Wexford I think you look I'd say many people would say they were probably the better team over the 70 minutes you know and in terms of injuries and that who would you expect to have back for the, the Clare game now? Ah, uh, for the Clare game look I, um, I'm not too sure we'll be back for the Clare game but look as regards the, the league semi-final you should be talking look through Damien Callan, um Darf Fitzgibbon Connolly Han, they should all be back at that stage. Um, Tim O'Mahony's making good progress. Robbie Flynn and, and Hoggy are making good progress in there. So um, I would expect them all to be kind of whether they be starting, but they be definitely eligible to be on the bench in those games. Like, you know. And is Conor O'Callaghan? Conor O'Callaghan is a bit of a hamstring injury as well. Okay. He had a kind of legacy hamstring injury, for, or he had um, 
he had a, an injury from last year that kept him out for a couple of months so that's just reoccurred but it's only look it's only two or three week time so yeah. it's um, look delighted with him Sean O'Donoghue who's kind of the one that he got a kind of a nasty dead leg at the time so it's amazing that he's kind of still not yet back yeah. on the field and Robbie Flynn is back training with a week <laughs> do you know what I mean from that day you know no, not really. Look, I, I think I think look, look, we're trying to build the way we play and stuff. Look, we've we've been looking for the attitude and the character of our players at the moment, so, and we've seen that. But look, I think look, obviously, we, um, Wexford played a very kind of tactical game today, the way they played it, and they struggled us a small bit uh, on that side of it. Um, but uh, look, there are there are areas that we'll work on going forward over the next couple of weeks. But look, we're we're happy where we are at the moment. But um, lots of work on, as you can see, you know. You said after the West Media that your plan at the start of the season was probably to wait to the last two games of the league before you start bringing out your, your big guns or your, your starting 15. Does the fact now that you're into the semi-finals already delay that decision? No, look, I suppose, look, we're just trying to get them back fit, no, really, and get them back onto things. So, look, but the league semi-final was vital for us. It gives us an opportunity. We were hoping to have a lot of them back around this time, uh, integrate them into these two games and see where that took us after the league game. But, uh, look, um, look, delighted that we're into the league semi-final now because that gives us uh, an extra game as our preparation for the championship. But, uh, look, the more we get on the field, the better, the more, more lads we get back, the, build, the better it is for our competition within training and stuff like that. And, uh, look, that's vital, you know, so, look, we'll have maybe four or five back training now Tuesday night and we play a bit of an A versus B game on Tuesday night now again and that'll give them more game time and is it, uh, is it your main taking from today is that the never, never say die attitude again is yeah, I said, look, that's what we're looking for. Look, 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 at the end of the day, if you want to be into county hurling, a hurler, look, look, character is the most important thing, look, and that's look, your character, your mentality, and, and we're looking for that from the lads. But look, there's definitely, definitely areas that we need to work on and why we're not really going after the game from day one um, and waiting for teams to kind of, teams are kind of setting the tempo for us at the moment, and then we come back at them and go at it, and look, you won't get away in championship if you're doing that. Teams will build up too much of a lead and they'll be too strong as we get into championship. So, look, that's, we, we need to kind of um, look at that, why we're not starting as well as we could be, you know. I'd imagine you did a few miles last weekend going around to Club League games. So what did you kind of take from letting the players back to the clubs? Um, look, it was great for them to get back to their clubs. Look, look, a lot of our lads needed game time. And um, look, I think look, it was a break for them. You know, it gives them a break to get away from us. And uh, look, in fairness, I think in Cork it's probably different than other clubs. We take our leagues very seriously um, in Cork generally. And clubs clubs want to have their players available. So look, that was the, really the only week that we could give fellas. Like we're out now again next week in the 19th and there's a round of leagues. So we couldn't really give them for that week. Um, so that was impossible and then the next round of leagues I think is the 1st of April and we'll be heavy into training then for, for, for four weeks time for our championship match so if we didn't release them for last weekend we wouldn't have been, they wouldn't have been able to play with the club till nearly we were over the championship and I think that's unfair on the clubs and uh, look we were delighted that they went back and we had a lot of good performances and uh, fellas came back in buzzing to us on Monday night when we did gym As you mentioned the versus the B match there on Tuesday how hard is it to pick the teams for that like or like is this like have you a clear idea in your head of what the starting fifteen is at the moment, or is this is this very much up in the air? Ah, look, look, I, I think uh, I, I, I think I, I never get into a situation where I'm picking the fifteen for. For um for the thirtieth of thirtieth April, I think that's unfair to the players that are there. Yeah. I think I think when you get into that, you get you get your head gets um gets confused to what you're doing, and you're not you're nearly looking for things 
out in the field that you want to look for. Um, yeah, I think, yeah. or, I think, where we, where we, we judge you, what we see in Tuesday, Thursday night will be our best team going forward. So, look on Tuesday night, it'll be the team that started against Wexford. Will go out. That'll be the A team, and then we'll make up the B team, and then we'll keep changing that as it goes forward. So, look, that's. But I don't think. I think if you get into a situation where you're, um, you know, this is my A team coming. This is going. To be, this is the team I want to start against uh, Waterford on the thirtieth of April. You know, you're not you're not being fair to what's happening. You know, and you start seeing things that because you want to see them as yeah. opposed to what you see happening in training. You know, interesting stuff there from Cork boss Pat Ryan after today's win uh, over Wex for two fourteen to eighteen points was how it finished down in Parky Cueve Cork uh, coming from behind to win. But look, four wins from four can't argue with that into the semi-finals with the game spare certainly can't argue with that. And look, things are going nicely for Cork. But you get the impression certainly a lot more to come from the Rebels as well. Um, we're going to hear from Ryan Sheehan shortly as he prepares uh, to fight in Thailand in one in definitely biggest fight of his career to date um, let's go to Edinburgh let's hear from Andy Farrell and uh, from uh, Captain Johnny Sexton after today's win over Scotland that sets Ireland up very nicely indeed for that Grand Slam clash uh, against England next week um, against an England side hammered by France yesterday um, so it's going to make for a very interesting occasion first though we're going to get an update on the injury situation from Andy Farrell because there was a lot of them today uh, Gary's up and, and, and talking um, a little bit there so you know he's um, taking his time trying to come down he's not in the he's not in the dressing rooms in the medical room there so um, we'll see how he he is the rest of the evening um Kevin Doris with a double whammy, double whammy haven't we in, in that regard we, we got the try jogged off for them using a, a fresh ball I don't know what advantage we get from that but anyway we lost Kevin in in the mix of it um so um hopefully he's going to be okay um Ian Henson's in a cast already um with his with his wrist um Dan Sheehan uh, x-ray okay on his shoulder so we're hopeful of him Ronan um, he injured his shoulder again similar to what he did in France last year etc no power etc so that's shut down so we'll, we'll wait and see with him um, who else um, um, Three, three injuries early in the match, and yeah. does it continue to surprise you the character that boys are able to show? Uh, surprise me, um, probably not. But um, it was, it was immense. The character that, that would be, you know, obviously it wasn't champagne rugby all round. But as far as character and fight and one for each other, that's the best game I've ever been involved in. You know, yeah, I mean. If you'd have seen us at half-time, you'd have, you'd have laughed because all the team was laughing because it was organised chaos. We didn't know what was happening until the last second, you know, of whether, whether uh, Ronan was coming back on or not. And uh, we, we made um, half a plan with, with Kian, um, um on a scrummage and because he's good at that. And, uh, you know, that paid off for us. Josh throwing in, he was well. What 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 can't he do? You know, he took up golf three years ago, and he's he's uh, in single figures as well in in his handicap. So what can't he do? Like you know, so I just thought, you know, deservedly so for for somebody like Gary on his fiftieth cap that we're able to do a 
special performance against all that uh, controversy because somebody like Gary Ringrose deserves a, um, an occasion like that to look back on. Johnny, with all that stuff uh, going against you, all the adversity, the injuries, the freakish nature of it, you kind of turned that to your advantage. I'm not saying it helped you, obviously, but did it, did it fuel you? Not really. Well, no, because we were we were well motivated for the game. Um, when you got a coach like Andy and Paulie and guys talking to you all week, you can't but be motivated. Um, and what we want to achieve in this competition, we're highly motivated for. So no, it didn't. But we just had to dig in. And uh, we spoke about it last night. But there's going to be times when we have to dig in, and we did. It wasn't perfect by any means. There's plenty of things that we did wrong. Um, but to come here and get a victory is, is massive because they threw everything at us. And in fairness to them, they're a really good side, uh, big, strong, quick, uh, and uh, yeah, they throw the ball around. So made made life really tough for us. But uh, we grabbed hold of it and uh, good second half performance. Only be hurting and. Um I mean, it's a perfect opportunity, isn't it, to come and, and spoil the party? That, that's the reality. So that will be um, a massive motivation for, for them. Is that bigger motivation than than what we're gonna experience um, playing at home for a Grand Slam game on Paris weekend? We'll see. It'll mean everything because I, I feel that the group uh, are, are ready for that. But those words mean nothing. It's all about the next five or six days, and we've got to go out there and perform against what's going to be a very motivated England side. So um, one more to go. You know, we need to be at our best, and that's what we expect of each other. Yeah, they came here looking for uh, a Grand Slam. We had, you know, they had, I think they had a championship in the bag. Um, you know, we were at home that time. Um, look, it is. It's it's obviously dangerous because they have nothing to play for. But like Andy said, like it'll mean a hell of a lot to us to, to, to play at home and to, to try and win something at home. It's you know the, the times that we have won things, they've all been away from home. So you know that was something that we acknowledged from the start that. Um, doesn't come around too often, uh, so it's it'll be a sp hopefully be you know a special day. But we got to go and make it happen. We got to we got to prepare well and we got to have a big performance. Um, we're not going to go out and play badly and win. Like we need to go and play well. Yeah, it certainly promises to be a cracking, cracking tie against England next uh, Saturday at five o'clock. But look, uh, that was Andy Farrell talking about there the lengthy injury list and uh, today's win over Scotland. Um, this coming St. Patrick's Day our pal Ryan Sheehan fights in the biggest fight of his Muay Thai career the Simon Warriors father takes on Sam A the legendary Thai with over 460 fights to his name taking place in Bangkok and one championship I've been speaking to Ryan about his career to date and stepping up to face one of the biggest names in the game on his home turf. All right, delighted to be joined by our good friend Ryan Sheehan, who fights in Thailand in a massive, massive fight on St. Patrick's Day, flying the Irish flag in Bangkok. Uh, Ryan, thanks for joining us today on the Big Red Bench. You're welcome, no problem. Ryan, tell us, um, like, this fight, like, is this the biggest fight in your career? It must be. Yeah, this is... So far, um, because I'm fighting a legendary toy uh, called Sam A, 
and it's a historical day. Like it's it's St Patrick's Day for the Irish and stuff like that. But it's also National Muay Thai Day in Thailand as well. The same day, so the fight is massive. The the, the event itself is huge. One championship is the promotion. It's it's the pinnacle of the sport, really. Like, when did you find out about this fight? Uh, so we probably were in contact with him about five or six weeks ago, maybe. But mm. over the last maybe two, three years, like we were kind of aiming towards to get to one championship anyway. So, like when the call came around and asked us, would we be like, to, would we accept the offer to fight uh, Sammy? Martin Horgan like accepted the fight before I even accepted it really you know so because that's how we operate like that's how we operate as a team because um, he knows like I'll do the fight if the fight's there for me like he just knows I'll do it so he he agreed to it before he even texted me like so he was like the fight's on with Sammy one championship Bangkok uh, so I was like yep let's let's get it done happy days you know you had no hesitation accepting the fight you were just like yeah this is me I'm gone yeah, because you know what? Like these are the opportunities that you that you dream for when you're young and when you're an up and coming fighter. Like these are the kind of these are the goals that you want to reach, and this is the promotion you want to be on, and this is where the pinnacle of Thai boxing is, and the superstars of the sport there, and all the elite world champions. Like, and it's it's great to get the opportunity to actually showcase that I'm a, a, a legit world champion and an elite world champion. Like, so it's the right platform for me. Yeah, it certainly is. Uh, Ryan, take us back. You're in this game a long time now for a young fella. I mean, this is in your blood. It's been your life for how many years now? Uh, ten years. Ten plus, years. Just going over the ten-year mark, like that's incredible. Yeah, since fifteen. Years, yeah, since fifteen years of age, I've kind of been just trucking away for like doing probably back-to-back fights, maybe every every four or five weeks, six weeks. Like I was in a fight camp all the time. As you've seen, like when I was younger, 17, 18, 19, I was already fighting world-class opposition in the local shows. And then I was flying to Japan to fight a couple of times when I was like 19, 20. So I've, I've racked up a lot of experience over the last 10 years that have stood to me in my, my most recent fights as such. Because mm-hmm. as I'm getting older now, starting to, not that I'd say I'm slowing down, but because the fights are getting bigger and better, it's more of like a... Right, which which is the right move, which is the next step, you know. Yeah, and you've had some massive, massive fights here, as you mentioned, Ryan, home and abroad. You had a massive fight in Neptune Stadium last year against the tie that you won, which was a huge, huge moment and a huge atmosphere in Neptune Stadium. Yeah, that's another fight that, personally for myself, it was a ticked off the bucket list because I won a world title um, like a couple of years back, so. Then it was like, right, win a world title. So we kind of were aiming to fight. Like in Thailand, it's their national sport. So like when I say like they've got Thai champions, like Thai champions are the elite. They're the most skillful, the most uh, dangerous. So we took on a Channel 7 champion, which is highly ranked in Thailand and is like is one of the main stadiums and one of the main champions over there. So we we got the opportunity to fight him for the WBC and the ISK mm. award title in Cork uh, last year um, so that was like another, another level up so we went out and I, look we won that fight we I fought my heart out because it was like that was just another moment in my life that I visualised years ago that I know come true so 
the mindset was like go in give it my best and come out with the world titles around me yeah, what a fight that was against John Hodden Neptune Stadium. Um, I'll never forget that because I, I was the ring announcer that day and I had to announce that you had won so I'd know, I knew that you had won a couple of minutes before we announced it. So I had to avoid looking yeah, at you because I didn't, I didn't want to give it away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I suppose you knew first uh, before anybody else. That's, yeah. that's mad actually, David. And that's the thing, like, you've, you've been interviewing me for years like, and you've seen the progression as well yeah. from from a friend's perspective too you know yeah big time yeah I'm like I've always been a big fan of yours since the first time I saw you fight and to see you go from like you know the, up the levels I think it's fair to say to go from from local level to national level to international level and now to the, the very top level it's 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 a very proud moment for, for you it's, it's great for me watching on as a support and a friend of yours but it's also great for your community Ryan and me like the people of the north side are so proud of you and, and, and the work that you put in and the fact that you're putting uh, yourself out there and going for these world titles this support you've gotten from your community all throughout your career Ryan has been something else it is and it, most recent as well it's after capitalism like it's everybody is like everybody did support me for years anyway but now people are really tuned in and people are, are following me more and it's great to see that I'm making an impact on a lot of people's lives like my you know my make my mum my dad proud and my sisters and my brother proud you know mm. these are little things that keep you motivated over the years and for my gym as well like you know we're having lads like Martin Mick Arrow Callan just all the lads like there's too many to name but uh, they've all been a big part of my career so far and so forth like we'll be going forward but it's a celebration for all of us just to see how we've all went from like that 15 year old who walked into the gym who now is going over to fight on the biggest promotion in the world Mm. It's a surreal, really, like, you know. <laughs> it's fantastic, man. But it just shows you that hard work pays off and you put in the hard work over the last 10 years. That's it. Just be consistent with it. Uh, hard work, dedication, disciplined. And it does pay off, like, you know, if I can speak for myself, like, like I'm proof of that, like. Yeah, you certainly are. And I suppose it's... Um I suppose it's it shows other guys as well, like you know, that there is a progression, there is a pathway there if they wanted to take up Muay um, Thai. That that you can go from just stepping into a gym to ten years later being a world champion, fighting on the biggest stages. That's it. Like you can go from having small fights to like to like uh, to having big fights in a matter of time, and that's done to like being dedicated and just having hard work, you know. So it's it shows like if you take it serious you can actually make a profession and that's what I, I would like to be able to do for the next generation of fighters too growing up yeah fantastic stuff um, heading over to Thailand when are you heading over are you heading over this week is it or I'm actually flying off in a couple of days so I'll be over there for about a week and a about eight days nine days before the fight yeah so so I'm heading off this week happy days so plenty of time to acclimatise and stuff and is Martin going over to you or the other lads going over to you will it be just Martin or what's the story here yeah, so I'm flying over with one of the lads uh, uh, Wednesday and then Martin and the lads fly out um, a few days later to, I suppose, the week of the fight they'll be flying out because I'll have to go out and climatise and do a bit more training out there so so they'll follow me out. Um, you're fighting um, a huge Thai name in the biggest Thai stadium in the biggest like venue possible. I mean, like, it's um, such a massive occasion for you. I mean, like... Do nerves enter into your equation at all? Or are you gone past that? You've had too many big fights now that nerves don't enter into it, or is it still the case that you do get nervous coming up into a fight? Yeah, you still get nervous because you have to, like, you have to use the nervous energy, like, to and channel it, like. But 
I try not think too much about the actual fight itself till it's like time to go into the ring and get it done. Like, because everybody's like, "Oh, you excited," and I'm like, "Not yet," because I'll be excited. I show how excited I am when I'm actually in the ring. That's mm. where, that's where I get my like energy from in the ring, and just because it's on a big promotion and I am fighting a legendary toy, I'm not leaving it get to me too much because like, in the day, like I've already done, I've been here before, I've done it before, so. It's just another another big opportunity for me. Like, mm, certainly is. And Ryan, talk to us about your opponent. As you mentioned, he is a legend in the sport, um, and he has nothing left to prove. And uh, he, he he can't take it for granted, though. That's certainly something that uh, he can't do going into this fight. Yeah, he like Sammy. When I started off doing Thai boxing years ago, he was like always one of the guys who who was fighting regularly, and you'd always see him like he he had some great stadium fights. You know, over the years, like, and he was like one of the first guys to sign to one championship as well. So he's like one of the the original Super Series gloves uh, fighters. Because I'm fighting M- or in MMA gloves, but Thai boxing rules. Mm-hmm. So like, it's going to it's it's a different it's a different fighting style as such to just your your original Muay Thai. So it's four rounds gloves. It's uh, three trees, three rounds, three minutes. Um, so it's kind of a different fight. So I, I've done it before too uh, on Cage Kings and Cork. On, so I know what to expect. But Sammy, uh, like that, he's one of the legendary ties. He's got like 427 fights, I think. Mm-hmm. And like, I think he, I think he had like 48 losses. Like he had more losses than what I have fights. <laughs> but like that, I, would, I wouldn't leave things like that worry me too much because like all you can do is train as, the hair, as long as you train as hard as you can and you show up on the day and give it everything like you don't know what the, what the mm-hmm. result will be or the outcome of the fight can be because like as I said like I've been training here for the last month and a half and I'm ready now to go if if the fight was tonight like I'm ready now so t- two weeks time I'll be even more mm-hmm. ready to go um, Right do you think ties um, underestimate Westerners when they when they fight them? I don't think so anymore because a lot of the top lads like have from Europe have really been competing with the ties for years like but there's been over the, just over the generations there's been some great names like Graham Decker, John Perr, Jim Skarbowski, you had you know Liam Harrison, Fabio Pinka, just there's so many names like of European fighters and Western fighters. So the standard has gotten a lot better, but the ties you can you can't ride the ties off in any fight at all because like some of the ties that you could have see fighting they like, could be twenty five years of age and have three hundred fights. You, they're just that good like they're naturally good at it you know it's their national sport so they pride on it being the best I suppose in the world like you know like saying where we are with the guy here like and things like that that's just the way they look at it like it's a way of life for them yeah it certainly is um, yeah it's going to be a big big fight coming up on St. Patrick's Day um, as you mentioned Ryan you're fighting in MMA gloves does that take much of an adjustment when it comes to like range and distance and stuff like that or is it just a kind of a, just a case of just put on the gloves and just getting used to it over a session I suppose like I've done a small bit of work with the gloves and like that I'm not really thinking too far into it because like as I said every fight's going to be different so you just have to be prepared like so I'm I know what to expect in them uh, so on the day like it's just get used to them and go out there and fight as hard as you can with them on that's my plan really like go and just fight as hard as I can doesn't matter gloves ring the fight's the fight's going to be between me and Sam so that's 
that's the main thing Excellent Ryan um, as always a pleasure buddy not going to wish you luck dude you don't need it but I'm um, really looking forward to seeing you perform and look everyone in Cork is behind you man just go out and get it done Thank you very much, Rory. Appreciate it. Yeah, always a pleasure talking to Ryan Sheehan. And that is such a massive fight for him in Bangkok this week on one championship against Sam A. 460 odd fights to his name. Ridiculous amounts of fights. Uh, and uh, Ryan takes, uh, goes into battle with him this coming Friday. And uh, really looking forward to watching Ryan perform this week. And as I mentioned, Donna Cork is certainly behind the Siam Warriors fighter. That is it from our show. Thank you very much indeed for tuning our way this evening. Our podcast will be online shortly. We'll have uh, Alex Kendallin on the podcast as we just ran out of time. Uh, on the show this evening so you'll hear Alex Kendlin talking about the school's uh, Senior Cup final um, which is happening soon um, so that's going to be on redfm.ie or from wherever you get your podcast Screen Red's up next with Mags enjoy the rest of Sunday folks talk to you next week Miss the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie Corks Red FM Alright I'm delighted to be joined by a Munster Rugby star former presentation <coughs> Brothers College schools player and Pinergy Ambassador Alex Kendellen, head of the Pinergy Munster Schools Boys Senior Cup, which takes place next Tuesday, March 14th at 2pm at Musgrave Park. Uh, now in their second year of sponsoring the Pinergy Munster School Senior Cup, Pinergy is committed to powering the difference while supporting the development and sustainability of the game for young players throughout the region. Alex, thanks a minute for joining us on the Big Red Bench. No problem. Um, I suppose, could you tell me, what does it mean to, to represent your school in this competition and then also the final? Uh, yeah, it's pretty special. Um, I think it's it's one of the biggest things growing up. Um, coming into Prez, that's all, that's all you want to do. Um, not not many times you can play alongside your best mates. So it's uh, it's pretty special in that aspect. Um, kind of changes to into professional rugby then. But no, I think representing your school with the whole school there... Um, as I said, playing alongside your mates, it's it's pretty special. Yeah, and like, especially when you know you start off school and you watch, you watch the older guys do it first, and then you know year by year, sort of that kind of sense of anticipation. And once you finally get there, I imagine it's a special feeling. Yeah, exactly. You you always look up, look up to the older lads, and it's it's what you're striving to, to play senior cup, to play junior cup. It's um, yeah, as I said, it's 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 extremely special. You won it with presentation. How important a moment in your career was that? Um, yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty. It's different because um, I didn't actually get the trophy because it was split between me and Christian, or us and Christians. So it was different for COVID. Um, but yeah, look, it's it was the time we were living in at the moment at at that time, and yeah, look, it's it's um, it was devastating at the time, but I, I think I got over it relatively quickly like I imagine the, like you said even though it ended like that like the, the competition is still you know a springboard for your professional career and other players professional careers as well like you your debut inside a year of leaving leaving school and joining the province so you know those couple of years were hugely important uh, to your development let's say yeah massively um, you see you see the, the players coming out of Munster Schools uh, Cups there it's the talent that's coming out of these these competitions is is uh, getting better and better each year. Um, you see the the past coming from Prez, like to Shane Daly, Jack O'Sullivan, um, these these players. It's it's great to see such talent coming out of um, out of schools in in uh, in Munster. Also, as well, 
not just the players, but the whole school, you know, everyone going to the match and in the colours and uh, that atmosphere that that's built around it, you know, there's a real togetherness of of every student throughout the school. And like you said, when you think back to your days when you were younger, going watching the older teams, like it's uh, it's it's an experience that's quite unique. Yeah, hundred percent. It's as you said, it's it's very unique. Um, you have the whole school, the whole school coming to cheer you on. And like I said previously, it's play, it's playing alongside your best mates and having the crowd shouting, roaring. Um, and those school rivalries, yeah. Look, it's they're the they're the days you look look back on and and uh, crack a smile. It's they're the days that uh, you really enjoy. You mentioned rivalry. It's an all Cork affair. Explain that rivalry between Presentation and Christians. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's the one that's gone on for gone on for years now. Um, look, it's it's always it's always a special one playing Christians as a pres lad. Um, the, that's the one you want to play, and that's that's the I suppose the pinnacle in in um in Munster Senior uh, Rugby. It's um yeah you always want to put put one up on uh, the Cork rival, um and yeah it's even more special now to, to see the playing in the final. And as well, Cork Rugby's been on such a massive upward curve in recent years. Like this just adds to that. Exactly, yeah. Um, it's good to see two core teams uh, fighting it out now for the trophy, and um, yeah, it'd be it'd be a good uh, a good watch, I think. Players as well, like they must juggle, you know, studies too, which it adds another layer to that journey. Like you personally, and obviously at the time it was such a a difficult, you know, situation in the world, like with COVID. But how did you find that uh, when you were involved? Let's say. Yeah, like I said, it's it's kind of that bond you have with your mates. You you um. You spend pretty much nine till nine um, every day. You're training with them. They're going through the exact same struggles with study and that kind of stuff. So, you know, once you're on the pitch, it's it's a pretty special bond you have with playing alongside a guy who's doing the exact same thing as you. Um, but no, yeah, it's, it's pretty special in that in that regard. We'll, we'll get to maybe a prediction a little bit later on whether that'll be uh, impartial or not. Now I have my doubts, but uh, let's talk about one story, I suppose. Uh, five wins yeah. on the bounce in, in the URC. You know, after a difficult start to the year, to be in contention now for a home quarter final, you must be relatively happy with the recent form. Yeah, 100%. Um, I think we've really picked it up after after Christmas. Um, obviously, there was going to be a transition period with, with new coaches coming in, but I think... We as a squad have turned that corner now, and we've uh, we've really put the put the foot down, and we're, we're training hard, and I think uh, we're showing that we're starting to show that in games, which is, is really pleasing. We've seen a lot of guys get their chance in the absence of of the players involved with with the national team, and like those games during the international break present a massive opportunity, and like you yourself, I think it was around this time of year as well in twenty twenty one when you got your. Uh, your first game for Munster, so there, it's massive. I imagine that that whole period like is huge. Everybody kind of has their, their a lot of the younger guys' eyes must light up and see their chance now that that there's space to to make their way into the team. Yeah, definitely, hundred percent. It's it's a massive opportunity when the when the lads go away to Irish camp to to put your foot to put your hand up for for selection, um, and then it's the trust that you put in the coaches to 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 make that call, but. Yeah, I think the coaches have really shown trust in the young lads this season and it's it's nice to see. Um yeah, once you're training hard, I think it's um it's uh putting your hand up for selection is, is the next step. 
And like, obviously, you know, having leaders such as Peter Mahoney is incredibly important when it comes to difficult games. But I suppose as well, when, when you have maybe that, that time on your own, with it, you know, the younger group maybe having that time to build their own sort of relationships together and maybe one or two leaders kind of emerge as well from the pack. Like it's, a, it, I imagine that atmosphere is special as well for those couple of weeks, you know, and you're just trying to, to take everything you can out of it and uh, be, be as best a player as you can by the time the, the whole group comes back together for what's a massive part of the season. Yeah, exactly. We're just trying to put the, put the team in a, in a great place going into the last the run in for the last uh, few games and yeah as you said it's um it's just having that bond with the lads um who aren't in Irish camp or who aren't away at international duty it's just how can we uh better ourselves and, and put our hands up for selection for those big games like there's a huge game coming up with with Glasgow March 25th that's it's a pivotal moment in the season possibly yeah 100% there there one the one space, uh, the one uh, spot ahead of us in the league table. So it's, it's um, it's a game that we've been looking at for quite a while, and it's it's one that we're really looking forward to. I said I get a I get a, pred- a prediction off you. It's probably a stupid question, but uh, who's going to win the Pinergy Munster Schools Boys Senior Cup? Uh, I'm going to tip towards Prez, I think. <laughs> from what you've seen from from the two semi-finals, like two very similar similar semi-finals yeah. as well. Uh, very exciting in Musgrave Park. <laughs> Like it's set up for an absolute cracker. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to watching it now. Um, yeah, they've both been on. They're both playing very attractive, attractive rugby, and yeah, look, it's it's going to make for a cracker. Absolutely. Well, Alex, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Uh, the very best of luck for the rest of the season with Munster, and uh, I suppose the best of luck as well uh, Tuesday when when you're there uh, with your with your prize colours on. So uh, thanks, thanks for joining us on the bigger bench. Cheers. Cheers, Aidan. Thank you. All right, the Cork Admirals kicking off their season next week. And uh, as always, uh, delighted to be joined on the line by head coach Alan Lamastney. Alan, how are you, sir? I'm good, Rory. How are you keeping? I'm very well. Thank you for joining us on the show. I would imagine this is an exciting week for you and your guys. All the training, all the hard work is done. You guys just can't, be, can't wait to get on the field, I guess. Oh, absolutely, Rory. You know, we've been... We've been back in training now properly since January and, you know, the start of the season is always an exciting time. You get to actually put all the, the stuff that you've been doing in practice into into an actual game and um, lads are just bullying to get going as well, which is fantastic. Um, I suppose, how are you looking squad depth-wise, I suppose, ahead of the new season? Uh, we're not, you know, it's like <clears throat> every year you always start with a good number and then attrition takes us toll bit by bit as, mm. as the season goes on. So far, so good. Uh, we've got a we've got a pretty good squad there. Uh, look, we're always looking for new fellas, but uh, you know we're we're doing we're doing all right. You know, um, there's there's some some lads now that were in their first year last year, moving into the second year, and we got some other new lads in this year. So, you know, we're looking good. We've a good young core still. You know, it's still not too late for new ones to 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 join in. I suppose is it? Oh, listen, absolutely. We you know we're training up in the Old Christians Rugby Club. And, uh, you know, if anyone wants to either call up or get in touch with us on um, on our social, you know, we'd be delighted to to get anyone involved. And, you know, we, we'll kit guys up yeah. as well. So, you know what I mean? There's not even that that expense of having to buy a helmet and pads. Like, we'll, we'll get that sorted for people if they're they're willing to want to give it a try. Or, you know, you see a lot of people watching on, on television and, you know, they don't know that it's actually, there's a team in Cork even. Yeah. So, you know, if anyone is interested in and, and even coaching or, you know, volunteering to help out and 
you know, we've got a couple of people there now that, um, that you know, they come up and they help us out with uh, taking stats and, you know, setting up training and whatever. Like, so, you know, it's not just all about playing either. So, but, you know, what we would love to see is a few, a few, um, few linemen turn up. Yeah. <laughs> so I was look, always looking for <laughs> linemen, Rory. Like hence Tita, I'd say, Alan, or Oh, unreal. Unreal. I think since the first time I ever spoke to you with nearly 15 or whatever years ago, it was, <laughs> we're always looking for linemen. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So if anyone thinks they're a lineman, uh, be sure and give Alan a shout and head along to... Absolutely. Uh, Come on down. Tell us, um, who are you playing? So you're playing Sunday. Who are you playing against? We're playing uh, so sun- Sunday uh, against the uh, South Dublin Panthers. Mm-hmm. And we'll be playing in the National Sports Centre in Blanchestown in Dublin. Yeah. So uh, which is a be- beautiful pitch. Um, really good stuff up there. And um, the Panthers won the semi-final last year. Uh, they're a good team. And, um, you know, we're, we're expecting a good a good solid battle from them. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, they've always been a team we've battled with, over, especially over the last, what, four or five years there, we're always kind of in a, a battle with them. They're, they're a good squad, good coaching setup, good players. And, um, you know, it's going to be a good, a good battle now next week. Is it tough getting ready for the first game, Alan? Because I suppose you, you haven't been able to see your opponents so far this season. They could have made a lot of changes in the postseason. Absolutely. And, you know, you're, you're kind of working off of what you saw on tape last year. Yeah. Um, you know, you I suppose you're always looking out to see if a team's playing a, a pre-season game, so you could get maybe a bit of intel on that. But in general, you are kind of working a small bit blind until you get the first game done and then you get a bit of a, t- a bit of tape on a team. But, you know, I think the thing with American football is most teams don't change a whole pile of stuff. Mm. Um, because if you've got a specific defense or you're running a specific offense, you know... It, in order to change it all, it, it takes a couple of years to get fellas back into a complete change. Mm-hmm. So most people just tinker a small bit here and there. They might adjust the small bit, but it's usually it is the same basic uh, systems they use. Yeah, so it is the Panthers coming up this week. A two-week break then after that before you face UCD. So it'll give you time, I suppose, to work with your, your team after the first yeah. game and see what needs to be tweaked. Yeah, and I mean, look, UCD are the champions. They're going to be coming down to Cork. And, and they actually, they lost their first game last week, which was a Bit of a surprise. Mm. Um, so, look, they, they're going to be coming to Cork looking to get back on track as well. Um, so, it, you know, that one is, is going to be our first home game in all Christian. So, we're looking forward to that one. But, you know, not looking past next week or anything. But, mm. you know, it's always great to get the first home game because, you know, you get people who can come up and support us and family get to see lads play and everything. It's great. Have you set uh, any targets for the season, Alan? Oh, usual, Rory. <laughs> Win it all. <laughs> <Shammer That's> it. <laughs> <laughs> Championship, same as usual. Um, no, look. I mean, we we've got a very good squad of players. I mean, we're, we've been um, we've been in the playoffs. I think I, I think actually someone someone mentioned to me there recently that uh, we hold the current longest streak of playoff seasons. I think we're we're seven straight seasons now in the playoffs. So, you know, I mean, we expect to get to the playoffs, and and, and you know, we're always every year it's championship is is, is what we are. Our goal is every year. That's going to start with the first step. Now, first step is uh, this yeah. coming Sunday against the Panthers. Alan, very best luck for the season ahead. No doubt we'll be talking throughout it. And uh, very best luck against the Panthers on Sunday. Rory, appreciate it as always, boy. Thanks a million.